All right. Inappropriate Earl is in the house. And today I'm on my own. This is one of the ever popular Earl Alone podcast. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's frankly because I couldn't get any guests to come down to the, the castle this week. Which is too bad because, uh, you know, I know the last couple episodes have been uh, comedy related. Today I'm going back to my roots. And I don't mean LeVar Burton roots. Uh, thank you, Kunta Kente. Uh, but uh, music, which is uh, for the most part what this podcast was uh, founded on. Um, I thought, wow, how can I meet some of my 80s musical icons i'll have something they can promote their solo albums on i'm not messing around anymore 2016 is the year of inappropriate earl baby and it's also the year that uh guns and roses are reuniting and uh this is a very divisive reunion i would say because uh, at least when kiss reunited it was uh, 96 uh, they've had more reunions than uh, Elizabeth Taylor and, you know, all nine of her husbands. Uh, but at least in 96, it was the original four. Gene, Paul, Ace, and Peter each got an individual cover on Spin Magazine, uh, sold out arenas all over the world. And it was like exciting, you know, because I never got to see the original Kiss as a kid, even though I didn't really mind because, you know, I grew up more as a record-buying teenager. And when I say I bought records, I mean with the money my dad gave me. Uh, so I should say with the records my dad bought. Um, thank you, Jim Skakel. Rest in peace with my mama, Virginia. Um, you know, I grew up with Kiss in the 80s. You know, Vinnie Vincent, Mark St. John, Bruce Kulick, Eric Carr, you know... Jean Beauvoir playing bass on those mid-80s Kiss albums. Thank you, Gene Simmons. You're not fooling me, baby. It's crazy that there was a black member in Kiss and uh, nobody knows about him. He was the uh, bass player of the Plasmatics. And they, uh, I think they crossed paths on uh, Wendy O. Williams' uh, solo album in 1984, which uh, was basically uh, the lost Kiss album because Gene, Paul, Ace, and... Uh, Vinnie Vincent, as well as Eric Carr, played on it. Different songs. So uh, good luck trying to figure out who played on that album. I mean, there were more ghost musicians on her solo album than A Haunted House. But, uh, you know, good album, though. You know, sounds a little dated. But also uh, a little bit of Kiss trivia. You know, the Kiss song, Thief in the Night, which uh, appeared on... Crazy Nights in 1987 was uh, originally recorded for Wendy O. Williams. Like a thief in the night, she wakes up, and then I forget the rest. That song's about as forgettable as my first comedy album, Earl Alive. Don't buy it on iTunes because I don't get the money for it anymore. This comedy business is a real schemer business. There will be a new album in 2016. Once I can get... Uh, 20 minutes of material together. You'd think I'd have it after 15 full years in comedy, but I basically worked on one minute a year, so I need another five. What the fuck? 
But we're here to talk about Guns N' Roses, man. It ain't Guns N' Roses, man. I'm sorry, uh, William Bailey, uh, Axel W. Rose in uh, Malibu. Come on in, appropriate Earl, and let's, let's answer the real questions. I'm not going to throw you these softball cookie cutter, you know, lessons. Because for those of you who don't know, uh, the rumored lineup at Coachella, which is where they will uh, be making their uh, debut, uh, that's if uh, Axel doesn't lose his mind, uh, is Axel uh, slash Duff, uh, no Izzy, no Adler. So I don't really think it's a true reunion. I mean, you need the original five. And, uh, you know, the remaining members, is it's uh, going to be a mixture of, I think, guys from Axel's New Guns N' Roses, Frank on drums, Dizzy Reed on uh, keyboards, uh, you know, and then it's rumored that uh, Dave Kushner from A Velvet Revolver will be the, uh, you know, guitar player. Uh, and then there's possible uh, guest appearances by Izzy and Steven Adler. Um, you know, I, you know, I'd be okay if they got Izzy into the fold, but, uh, I can understand why they can't have Steven Adler on this tour. I mean, you know, I can imagine the conversation the insurance companies would have with Guns N' Roses management on ensuring, uh, what would be the biggest tour of 2016 no doubt about it. I mean, they could play, uh, Staples Center and every Madison Square Garden, you know, three to five nights easy, possibly even some stadiums if you had the the right opening band, you know, like I don't think he would do it. But, you know, if you had like, say, the Foo Fighters, but I don't think Dave Grohl is, uh, you know, really a big fan of Guns N' Roses, so I don't think he would do it. Um, but, you know, you'd have to have some band also with a bit of a draw. Uh unless it's the original five guys. And I just don't see that as happening. I mean, my preference would be, you know, if I was, you know, running things, I, I would have, you know, Slash, Axel, Duff, Izzy, you know, Gilby Clark, uh, Brent Fitz on drums. Uh, Brent is Slash's drummer. And if you've seen Slash uh, play the last two years with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, uh, Brent plays the Guns N' Roses songs incredibly faithful. Uh, you know, I remember seeing Slash play at the Wiltern and I was standing next to Steven Adler, who was in a various state of mind. Let's just put it that way. And uh he had recognized me as being his neighbor uh, from a building we lived in in Century City. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up? I used to live in uh, Unit 110. You were in 510. He's like, yeah, man, that was a cool building. I used to jack off in that building a lot. And, uh, you know, not really a conversation you'd have with an ex-neighbor, but it's Steven Adler. And uh, he's a cool guy. And you could tell he was watching Brent play the drums going, man, I used to play like that. Um, and then maybe you could... Have Steven, you know, play one or two songs, you know, that would kind of suck to be the drummer for like 90% of the concert. And then, uh, you know, Steven Adler, you know, stumbles onto the stage and, uh, you know, the, the drummer is just drummed for two hours. All right, buddy, I got it from here. Thanks for playing. Suck it. Um, 
you know, I don't think uh, Gilby Clark or Matt Storm are involved in this at all, which kind of sucks. Uh, you know, they were a big part of, uh, you know, the band in the 90s. You know, they're kind of like uh, guys who played after uh, Ace and Peter and Kiss, you know, big part of the band. You know, they helped uh, keep the, the band running. But, uh, you know, people like Gene, Paul, Ace, and Peter, they want that original Appetite for Destruction, uh, you know, five, uh, Gang of Five, and and uh, the EP they put out after that, Lies, five song, little five song ditty. Uh, actually, uh, the EP means a lot more to me than uh, Appetite for Destruction because I had sex for the very first time to uh, a song on... Uh, that uh, album, uh, you know, when I tell people the story that I had sex for the very first time to uh, Welcome to the Jungle, you know, they're like, what? I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. It was patience. And it was, you know, it was really, uh, really set the tone for me, uh, you know, because if you think about it, to have sex for the very first time to song, it's kind of romantic and, uh, you know, it really helped set the tone for me. I was good, you know. I was so good, I lasted until the whistling part. Hey! Uh, now, if you're not a Guns N' Roses fan, let me explain the uh, song Patience to you. It starts off with uh, Slash hitting his guitar chord once, and then uh, Axel starts to whistle. Shed a tear because I'm missing you. By the time he said you, I was ready for seconds. But, uh, you know, I really love that. Uh, every time I hear that song, I think of Maritza. So, uh, Maritza, wherever you are, I still think about you fondly. And uh, I'm sure you don't of me, but hey, it happens. You know, nothing lasts forever. We both know hearts can change. Axel Rose, 1992, November Rain. So, uh, but they are making their, uh, whatever lineup hits the stage, it will be at Coachella, which is the big, uh, indie kind of emo music festival. And they, they do have some weird acts. I mean, uh, I know, uh, Motorhead has played there recently. Uh, of course that won't be happening again. Uh, we'll get into that a little later, uh, because the rock world, uh, lost a legend, uh, last week and Lemmy Kilmister who was Motorhead, and, uh, you know, it's uh, we're all sad in the rock world, and uh, it's going to be a great memorial service uh, Saturday, and I think they're streaming it live. Um, so uh, if you're in uh, L.A., go to the Rainbow. It's going to be a party all day, 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. You know, they're closing the street. You know, Roxy and Whiskey are getting involved so uh if you're in la definitely go down there it's you know of course with lemmy nothing was private so uh, the public is encouraged to come wear your motorhead shirt and uh you know i think uh they'll be passing out shots of uh jack and coke at the funeral which uh, uh i will be going to it's going to be uh, pretty crazy to <laughs> have a bartender at a funeral but uh, that's the way lemmy wanted it and uh you know i'm you know, I'm sad. I got to know him a little bit and uh, actually got to uh, take him to my dentist a few times because he needed some dental work. And uh, I was dating uh, their current manager, a female. There's two managers, Todd and Shelly. Todd's a good looking guy, but uh, Shelly's a 
very good looking girl. So uh, I chose Shelly. Sorry, Todd. And uh, Singerman Entertainment, they're the best. And uh, I live right next door to Lemmy, so I would have to take him to my dentist. And uh, probably my favorite Lemmy story is uh, I picked him up at nine in the morning and uh, I'm on my way to the dentist. And he's like, hey, Earl, can we, uh, can we stop off at Gil Turner's? Now, if you're familiar with the Sunset Strip, Gil Turner's is the infamous and very, very well-known liquor store on uh, the corner of Sunset and Doheny. And uh, every rock and roll star from Mick Jagger to Slash to, you know, the third drummer from King Cobra has gone there to buy booze with uh, usually an underage girl, uh, myself included. And uh, stop off at Gil Turner's at nine in the morning. Uh, you know, I'm thinking Lemmy's going to get cigarettes, maybe, a, I don't know, water, soda pop. Uh, he comes out with two uh, beer cans. You know, th I thought they were miniature kegs. I mean, they made Foster's, uh, you know, lager cans look like, you know, Dixie cups. And uh, he cracks both open and he hands one to me now this is nine in the morning now i've never had a drink or drug in my life uh so i i said that to lemmy i said lemmy i don't drink you know i've never had a drink in my life and he just looks at me and goes you should start and uh proceeded to drink both <laughs> and uh before we got to the uh dentist and uh you know it's only like a you know 10 minute ride from gil turner's to my dentist in westwood so uh picked him up eight hours later and of course the whole office fell in love with him and uh, he was always very nice to me. And, uh, you know, I know Mickey D and Phil Campbell are very sad. And, uh, you know, Motorhead will live on, of course, with their music. And, uh, you know, if you are a Motorhead fan, I encourage you to, you know, buy their songs on iTunes and go on imotorhead.com and, uh, you know, get a shirt or something. And, uh, you know, just remember Lemmy for the... Uh, true legend that he was you know it's it's an often uh misused term legend but with him he was uh and he was just an amazing man and he was very uh man of the people and i'm hoping uh guns and roses does a tribute to him uh because he deserves it and i know slash on uh, new year's eve did an amazing uh you can go on youtube look up a uh, slash todd kearns was one of the uh, conspirators in his band and they do a very cool cover of uh, ace of spades of course um and it does it justice and uh, there's some cool uh, youtube uh, tributes to lemmy uh well i think one of my favorites is uh, uh alice cooper and his band you know glenn sobel on drums Nita strauss ryan roxy uh on uh guitars uh and uh Chuck Garrick on bass, and I'm forgetting the name of the third guitar player, but he's very, very good. He helped uh, produce the last Alice Cooper album and uh, as an added bonus, Dave Murray from Iron Maiden all do, uh, and Alice Cooper on uh, vocals, do a great rendition of uh, Ace of Spades. So uh, just YouTube these things. It's, it's cool to see musicians of uh, different genres. Uh, there's a couple uh, alternative bands who also have a tribute, all doing Ace of Spades, of course. And uh, it, it's pretty neat because, uh, you know, Lemmy was literally the last of a dying breed uh, of, you know, rock and rollers. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is a guy who was Jimi Hendrix roadie.
just to put it in uh, to perspective uh, of his place in history and uh, rock and roll. I mean, there is no Metallica without Motorhead, uh, you, know, you know, Slayer, Testament, you know, all the harder bands that I don't necessarily listen to, but I still respect them. You know, Motorhead didn't just uh, break the wall for these bands. They ran through it. You know, Megadeth, uh, you know, I mean, Motorhead, uh, you know, for a three-piece band in the last 20 years has the most amazing sound. Uh, you know, I've probably seen 70 to 100 Motorhead concerts. And, uh, you know, I was never really a fan of them before I started dating Shelly, but, uh, you know, I just became a fan because you sit there and watch them play and it's like, wow, this is, it's like a kick in the nuts with uh, two steel toe boots. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, and Mickey D is one of the most powerful drummers I've ever seen. I mean, I remember once I saw them play at the, uh, Anaheim house of blues and, uh, Mickey D drums so hard. He hits the, uh, skins with such a violent, uh, pace that the drumsticks were breaking and uh, Bobby Blotzer from Rat was standing next to me just going oh my god I can't believe that so uh, you know you don't really see other musicians watch other musicians much because they're so selfish and vain but uh, you know to see the drummer from Rat just staring at Mickey D like a little kid was was pretty fun and uh, I think Stephen Piercy also did a tribute to Lemmy at the uh, Whiskey last week so uh you know, the rock world is definitely mourning. And because uh, it really, you know, with Lemmy dying, it, it basically is the uh, end of Motorhead. You know, there's no way they could replace him. And, uh, you know, Motorhead's not like Kiss, you know, because I think in a couple of years, Gene and Paul won't be able to tour anymore, you know, be getting up there in age and whatnot. And uh, Gene won't care. He'll put four black guys in makeup and call it, you know, Kissed. And he'll still get most of the money. Trust me on that one. Takes a Jew to know a Jew. And I know a Jew. And his name is Gene Simmons. Tweet at Gene Simmons to come on Inappropriate Earl and get some real questions instead of these ham and egger questions. Um, so it's been a you know rough week in the world. You know, uh, Lemmy was just an amazing guy, very smart, educated. You know, another funny story I have about Lem is uh, since I live right next door to him, uh, sometimes uh, Todd and Shelley would call me up and say, hey, Earl, you know, we haven't really, you know, heard from Lem in a few days. Can you go over there, you know, just make sure he's okay. So, you know, I'd go over there and I, God, I, don't, I, I really don't want to find a body if he's, if he's moved on. I just don't want to see this. And this is like 10 years ago, you know. Uh, it's amazing that he lived another 10 years after this story. But, uh, you know, so I'd knock on the door and I wouldn't hear anything. And I had the keys and I, I dreaded going in there. And I don't want to see a body. I don't want to see a body. Please, God, no body. So I'd open up the door and the apartment would be empty. And uh, there's really no way for me to physically describe Lemmy's apartment. I mean, it, uh, it's, uh, it's got a lot of stuff in there. You know, guitars, uh, artifacts, uh, uh, magazines of varying uh, subject matter, um, you, you know, uh, cigarette uh, cans, holders, uh, a um, couple bottles of, uh, you know, alcohol and all that stuff. I mean, uh, the kitchen looked like a uh, Home Depot blew up uh, and just <laughs> went everywhere. And so, I, all right, well, he's not here. I guess he's a, guess he's alive. Uh, I better check the pool. You know, I better go by the pool, see what's going on. And every time 
this would happen. I would go out. Lemmy would be by the pool with uh, a lady or two in his Speedos, jean jacket on usually, balls hanging out of his Speedos, and he would just look up at me and go, and I can't do an impression of him. I'm not very good at impressions. And he would just look at me and go, I'm okay, Earl. And he'd give me a thumbs up. And uh, that was probably the deepest conversation we've ever had. Because, uh, you know, I, I many of you know me by now. I'm pretty simple uh, person conversation-wise. And Lemmy was really, really smart. So uh, we didn't necessarily gel uh, with the similar likes and dislikes. But uh, it was still an honor to know him a little bit, you know. I don't want to make it seem like we were best friends, but uh, he was always very nice to me. So uh, I love you, Lem. And, uh, you know, the fact that you lived 71 years on earth is a true testament to how strong a person you were. Because if you think about it, and I think this week was the uh, anniversary of Phil Linnett from uh, Thin Lizzy dying. You know, Phil Linnett, uh, Jesus Christ, you talk about a guy, you know, 36 years old, died of heart, liver, and kidney failure. That's a guy who knew how to party. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let me outlast him by, you know, 35 years. So, uh, you know, let me outlast a lot of people. And uh, it's just kind of neat to see the tributes coming in from, you know, Metallica, Dave Grohl. You know, it's not just metalheads, you know. And uh, I know Dave Grohl would go over there and... Uh, to Lemmy's apartment and, uh, you know, they'd write songs and, uh, do some things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty neat to see how many people, you know, you know, you're a great artist when you just don't influence people of your musical genre, but people outside your genre. I think I saw another tribute video on uh, YouTube of, uh, they were like a, kind of a faux country band doing Ace of Spades and they did a great version of it. I wish I knew the name of it, but, uh, you know, it's just, pretty neat to uh see that so uh you know lemmy is looking down on us and uh you know many many don't know this who aren't hardcore fans of motorhead but uh you know their original drummer or i should say i don't think he was the original original drummer but uh the drummer of their classic lineup for sure filthy phil taylor he died last month and uh you know i think to a degree it was uh, very hard on lemmy and uh helped fast and fast uh track his you know death because uh you know i know when uh my mom died you know a lot of people don't know this about uh my background because i don't really talk about it too much but uh, my parents in 1998 died two months apart and although uh certainly my dad was pretty sick toward the end uh you know the minute my mom died i i knew he would go very very fast and it was to a similar degree the same with lemmy you know i, I Although I don't know if he and Phil were tremendous friends toward the end. It was still like his blood brother. And he was there through the ups and downs uh, of Motorhead. And, you know, uh, Motorhead's a great story. And, you know, I don't want to get too uh, Tony Robbins-ish on people with this. But, uh, you know, Motorhead was a, uh, you know, it was a tough band to uh, catch on. You know, a lot of no's, a lot of rejections, a lot of you guys play too fast, too loud. You know, you're not the best looking guys in the world. Uh, you know, we can't really sell you. You know, and this is, you know, in the early 80s, you know, when 
glam metal was just starting to you know kind of take off and you know you had bands like motley Crue and rat and quiet riot and you know of course later on you know the glamier really glamier bands uh, you know the bon jovis the poisons the death leopards the cinderellas and uh, you know motorhead survived and uh you know they're a great live band and uh i'm sure the memorial concert if they do one will just be amazing to to see bands and artists of all genres coming in you know uh, i have no info on who would play but i'm assuming you know anyone from metallica to slash to you know slayer and, and you know obviously phil and mickey from motorhead and and you know, maybe even Eddie Clark would, you know, come out for it, uh, would pay tribute and send off Lemmy in the grandest of ways. So uh, this was kind of a uh, combo episode of Guns N' Roses and Lemmy. Uh, you know, what I know Axl Rose was uh, supposed to go on uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, last uh, Tuesday, a couple days ago, and uh, he canceled. So it, it always, you know, it already seems like this tour is... Uh, you know, starting off as people anticipate with Axel causing problems. I mean, the tour's not even, you know, remotely underway and uh, Axel's already delaying it. And, you know, I can only imagine at Coachella, they'll probably go on at, you know, they'll probably be scheduled to go on at eight and uh, I'm guessing they won't go on until at least 1030. And that's going to be interesting because, you know, Coachella's not, you know, a Guns N' Roses crowd you know it's like people who listen to like oasis and morrissey and stuff like that so but guns and roses is such an iconic band that you know i think even a morrissey fan would be i want to see what the buzz is about and uh but you know if they hit the stage an hour two hours late uh, i think you know that crowd will revolt but you never know i mean uh Probably one of the cooler concerts I ever went to uh, was uh, Morrissey was playing Irvine. And uh, I think at the last minute he had to cancel. He got sick or something. And so they, they it was literally hours before the show. So they flew in Billy Idol and his band. Of course, I was psyched because, you know, I'm a huge Steve Stevens fan. And uh, I was like, wow, I want to see how Billy Idol can win over a Morrissey crowd. I mean, literally everyone there was there to see Morrissey. And... Uh, for whatever reason, the the powers of beef was like, well, let's get Billy Idol. And, uh, you know, the first song, they were, you know, kind of quiet, but receptive. And then he killed it. He, he got them going and they loved him. So I think if Guns N' Roses plays it smart, they could really use Coachella as a nice, you know, uh, not a rehearsal gig, but like as a nice way to say, hey, we're back, even though it's not the true uh, lineup. Although I think something's going on with Steven Adler. They're being very quiet or he's being very quiet. Like, I don't think he's said one word about it. And I'm sure either Axel or Axel's representatives have said, hey, keep your mouth shut. Don't pop off about, you know, not being the drummer for the whole concert. And we'll use you at select dates where you can come out and play Welcome to the Jungle or something uh, or, you know, knocking on Heaven's Door, you know, whatever. You'll you get a nice paycheck and, you know, just be quiet you know, let our drummer handle the bulk of the duties and, you know, you'll get to come out. We'll give you a cut of the merch, you know, just be quiet. And, uh, you know, so it's, uh, you know, I, I personally wish this would have happened, you know, a long time ago, 
You know, I know Axel and Slash and, you know, been going at it for, you know, a decade plus. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, if this was, you know, 2002, I, I think it'd be, you know, psyched. I mean, Slash looks the same. He looks really good. And, uh, you know, Axel kind of, I don't know, at least he's gotten rid of the cornrows. I mean, for a while, he looked like a wigger Greg Allman. But, uh, hey, you know, it's Axel Rose. What are you going to do? And uh, Izzy's like off the radar. Because Izzy, you know, Izzy didn't want to tour in, you know, 20 years ago. So he's got to be in his 50s now. I'm sure he doesn't want to tour now, even though this would be a pretty, be a worldwide tour. But I think they'd have a lot of days off in between shows because they'd be major shows. You know, they'd overseas, they'd probably do like what Iron Maiden does and play huge stadiums. And I know Slash with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators plays, uh, stadiums so uh overseas and stuff and then uh you know in america they i don't know if they could fill like say the coliseum in los angeles or you know uh where the 49ers play and and you know northern california but they, they could come pretty close and like i said earlier i think if they want to play stadiums they'd have to really get a uh an opening band uh like like the foo fighters or you know someone like that maybe the killers uh course 80s metal heads like myself you, you know I, I think a you know if I could book the lineup myself I would have you know like three bands you know I, I have one current band and then do an homage to you know the 80s uh, and no I'm not saying a reunite Shark Island with Richard Black uh, even though Axel did steal his snake dance from uh richard black you know shark island if you go on uh, youtube uh, i think there's a really really fuzzy video from 1986 at gazaris where it's uh tracy guns axel rose uh, and uh joining uh shark island on stage and uh shark island band that should have been bigger but just uh you know they were like Kings of the Sunset Strip sold out shows. They had to sneak like the singer in backstage in disguise because he was like the, the the king of the strip. But, uh, you know, uh, it's rumored that Axl Rose, uh, let's just say borrowed some stage moves in the overall presentation of Richard Black, the singer. YouTube, uh, Shark Island, uh, Bad for Each Other. It's like their big uh, video on MTV. But it was too late to the party. It was like 1990. And, you know, just like Richard Crenna said to Stallone, it's over, Johnny. But uh, I think I would go with the lineup. A reunited Skid Row with Sebastian Bach. You know, that, that's, I mean, the, the replacement singer, Tony Harnell, uh, ex-TNT singer, amazing vocalist. He just left Skid Row after like eight months. Uh, after replacing Johnny Solinger, uh, who replaced Sebastian Bach. So you've got replacement singers replacing replacement singers. That's never a good sign. So, uh, you know, guys, just just get together with Sebastian Bach. I know you hate the guy. I'm sure he hates you. But this is like the last big reunion anyone would give a shit about. So you go Skid Row opens, The Killers. If you could somehow coax Dave Grohl into uh, the, uh, you know, mix, Skid Row. The Killers, Foo Fighters, Guns N' Roses. That's a that's an amazing tour. So uh, do it, get it together, and you could play stadiums. And before uh, Axel uh, has a meltdown and uh, the tour is canceled, uh, 
you know, I recently went to Motley Crue and Alice Cooper. I, I shot my wad on that concert to uh, front row center tickets and $500 uh, each for uh, me and uh, my lady friend to see, to meet Axel. Uh, no, I'm sorry, to meet Alice Cooper, who was incredibly nice, by the way. And if you have a chance to see Alice Cooper, please do yourself a favor and see him because he's got a great band right now. And uh, Tommy Hendrickson is the third guitar player. I just remembered his name. He had great leather pants on. I'm a leather man, not a leather daddy. I'm a leather man. So uh, guys, I know this was a, uh, you know, a rambling episode, but uh, let me give you guys a hint. Uh, if you think you can do a better job of talking for 40 minutes by yourself, uh, I will direct you to Amazon and tell you what equipment to buy. It's a mixing board, two mics, a Zoom recorder, a laptop, uh, and the uh, all the uh, accessories, uh, thousands of dollars worth. And uh, do a better job yourself. And then you can tell me how to do a better job on this one. So I love you all. This has been a brief but hopefully memorable Episode of Inappropriate Earl, episode 99. You'd think it would have been a hockey podcast in honor of Wayne Gretzky, uh, but it is not. It is in honor of Lemmy Kilmister from Motorhead. Uh, you know, we all love you, Lem, and thank you for being a cool dude. And uh, in honor of Axl Rose, Slash, and Duff for doing a 60% uh, reunion of Guns N' Roses. Uh, this has been Inappropriate Earl. Go to Motorhead.com, iMotorhead.com. If you go to Motorhead.com, you'll get to buy a car gasket or something. So iMotorhead.com and, and uh, support Motorhead because, uh, you know, without Lemmy, there is no Motorhead. And Mickey and Phil, they need that cheddar still. So uh, I love you all. Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Please leave a review on iTunes if you can help me out. The more reviews I get, the more people notice. Oh, my God, this guy's got hundreds of positive reviews. He must be funny. I'll listen to him. The more people who do that, I can get bigger guests like on Twitter at Gene Simmons. Please. A lot of you have done it, and I appreciate it. But a, a lot of you haven't. And I think if we just bombard at Gene Simmons on Twitter, we'll get him at my lovely palatial estate condo studio. And we'll get to the real questions on inappropriate Earl.